I would like to dedicate this book to Millie. Magic Treehouse number 27, Thanksgiving on Thursday by Mary Pope Osborne. Chapter 1, What Feast? Come on, said Annie. She stood in the doorway to Jack's bedroom. Let's check the woods. But it's Thursday, said Jack. We're going to grandmother soon. I know, said Annie, but I have a feeling the treehouse might be back. I think Morgan might have sent us a new rhyme. Jack trusted Annie's feelings. Okay, but we'll have to be quick, he said. He threw his notebook and pencil into his backpack. He followed her downstairs. Be back soon, Jack called to their parents. Very soon, their dad said. Don't forget, it's Thursday, said their mom. We're leaving for grandmother's at nine. I know, said Jack. We'll be back in 10 minutes, said Annie. They hurried out of their house. They ran across their yard and up their street and into the Frog Creek woods. Jack and Annie ran through the light and shadow until they stopped under the tallest oak. Yay, said Annie. You were right, said Jack. High in the tree was the magic tree house. Jack grabbed the rope ladder and started up. Annie was right behind him. They climbed into the tree house. Sunlight slanted in through the window. Good. Our gifts from our last trips are still here, said Annie. She pointed to the scrolls from Shakespeare's theater and the twig from the gorillas. Proof we found the magic of the theater and the magic of animals, said Jack. Look, said Annie. She pointed to a book lying in a dark corner. A piece of paper was sticking out of it. Jack pulled out the paper. It's from Morgan, he said. He read, Dear Jack and Annie, Good luck on your third journey to find a special magic. This rhyme will guide you. To find a special magic when work and toil are done, gather all together, turn three worlds into one. Thank you, Morgan. So who do we gather with? wondered Jack. Annie held up the book. The painting on the cover showed a basket of corn on a wooden table. The title said, A Feast to Remember. We gather at a feast, she said. She pointed to the cover. I wish we could go there. Hold on, said Jack. What kind of feast? Where and when? But the wind had started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still. Absolutely still. Chapter 2. Shh. Jack opened his eyes. Bright golden sunlight poured into the treehouse. The air felt crisp and cool. Annie was wearing a long dress, a white cap, and an apron. Jack wore a jacket with a frilly collar. He wore short pants, long socks, leather shoes, and a hat. His backpack was now a leather bag. I like your hat, said Annie. It's funny. Yours too, said Jack. You look like a pilgrim, said Annie. So do you, said Jack. Oh, man, I bet we're in the time of the pilgrims. He and Annie scrambled to the window. The treehouse had landed in a tall oak near the edge of a forest. Red and yellow leaves rattled in the cool breeze. Past the forest was a small village, and past the village was the ocean. It looks like where the pilgrims lived, said Jack. We studied it in school. He opened the research book and found a picture of the village by the sea. He read aloud, In 1620, a group of 102 passengers sailed from England to America on a ship called the Mayflower. Many of the people on board wanted freedom of religion. They wanted to worship God in their own way, not the way the King of England made them. Others wanted to find a new life 
in a new land. Today, we call all the people who sailed on the Mayflower pilgrims. Yes, said Annie. Jack read on. The pilgrims wanted to settle near New York, but a storm blew their ship north. They landed in a bay on the coast of what is now Massachusetts. Six years before, Captain John Smith had explored the coast. He had named the bay Plymouth. Plymouth, said Annie. That's where the first Thanksgiving was. Oh, man, Jack smiled. So that's the feast. Wow, said Annie. My class put on a play about the first Thanksgiving. Mine too, said Jack. I played Priscilla, said Annie. I played a turkey, said Jack. Now we'll get to meet the real Priscilla, said Annie, and Squanto, and Governor Bradford, and Miles Standish. Come on, she started down the ladder. Wait, what will we say, asked Jack. We'll just tell them hi and stuff, said Annie. Are you nuts, said Jack. He put the book into his bag. They won't understand who we are. We need a plan. He slung the bag over his shoulder and hurried down the ladder after Annie. Listen, we need, Jack started. I know, a plan, said Annie. But first, let's get closer to the village and just watch. Okay, said Jack, but we can't let anyone see us. We have to be careful and quiet. He and Annie started walking carefully through the woods, but they did not walk quietly. The autumn leaves crunched and crackled under their leather shoes. Shh, said Jack. I can't help it, said Annie. You're doing it too. Then we have to stop, said Jack. Let's get behind that tree and watch from there. They crunched over to a tree at the edge of the woods. In the distance was a row of small log houses with steep thatched roofs. Jack pulled out the book. He found the part about the village. Then he pushed his glasses up and read to himself. The pilgrims brought chickens, geese, goats, and sheep from England. They brought seeds to plant, and they knew how to make traps to catch wild animals for food. But they could not have survived without the help of the Wampanoag Indian named Squanto. Squanto taught them how to grow corn. Hi, you, Annie whispered. Jack looked up. Annie was talking to a skinny yellow dog. The dog was sniffing a tree near them. Don't let him see us, Jack whispered. Why, said Annie. The dog looked at them and barked. That's why, said Jack. The skinny dog barked again and again. Two pilgrim men ran from the other side of the houses. Then more pilgrims appeared. They all looked in the direction of the barking dog. Oh no, said Jack. Let's go back. We don't have a plan yet. He packed up his book and started away from the tree. Suddenly, something tightened around his ankle. A tree branch snapped. Ah! Jack shouted as he was jerked up into the air. Chapter three, wow, Jack, cried Annie. The skinny dog barked and jumped around happily. Jack was hanging a few feet off the ground with a rope around his ankle. His glasses and hat and bag had fallen to the ground. Jack felt the blood rushing to his head. I must have stepped into a hunting trap, he said in a strangled voice. I'll free you, Annie said. She tried to reach the rope, but it was too high. Jack heard voices over the wild barking of the dog. A blur of people gathered around him and Annie. Oh, mercy, a woman cried. We have caught a boy, a man said. The dog licked Jack's face. Help, said Jack. A burly man shooed the dog away, then grabbed Jack. Another cut the rope with a knife. Then they gently lowered Jack to the ground. Jack sat in the leaves, feeling dizzy. 
He took the rope off his foot and rubbed his ankle. Here, said Annie, handing Jack his glasses, hat, and bag. He put them all on and stood up. Now he could see. About 40 or 50 pilgrims, men, women, and lots of children, stared at him and Annie. Some of the children were laughing. The girls were dressed just like the women. The boys were dressed just like the men. One person, though, looked different from everyone else in the crowd. His skin was brown. A deer skin hung over his shoulder. His black hair was braided and had a feather in it. Is that Squanto? Jack wondered. The Wampanoag Indian who helped out the pilgrims? Two pilgrim men stepped forward. One had a smile on his face. The other was frowning. Good day, the friendly looking man said. Who art thou? I'm Annie, said Annie. This is my brother Jack. We come in peace. Welcome to Plymouth Colony, said the man. I am Governor Bradford. This is Captain Standish. Captain Standish kept frowning. He carried a long gun over his shoulder. Oh, wow, said Annie. Wow, said Captain Standish. Wow, whispered others as if they didn't understand. I've just heard a lot about you, said Annie. She looked around. Is Priscilla here? Shh, whispered Jack. I am Priscilla, said a young woman. She looked about 17 or 18. Her face looked weary and her eyes were sad. Hi, said Annie shyly. I was you. Annie, warned Jack. Thou was me, Priscilla asked. She sounded puzzled. Never mind my sister, said Jack. She's nuts. Nuts, repeated Priscilla. Nuts, whispered others. Oh, brother, said Jack with a nervous laugh. Oh, brother, repeated Priscilla. Annie giggled. Um, never mind, said Jack. That's just how we say things at home. And where is thy home? Captain Standish asked. He didn't sound as friendly as Governor Bradford or Priscilla. Um, we live in a village up north, said Jack. Our parents sent us here to, uh, he remembered something from their research book, to learn how to grow corn. But how and when did your family come to America? The captain asked. Jack was worried. Now that he had started making up a story, he couldn't back out. Luckily, he remembered something else from their book. We sailed to America with Captain John Smith, he said, when he was exploring the coast. Annie and I were babies then. Ah, indeed, said Governor Bradford. Bradford. Jack nodded. Indeed, he said. I believe Squanto knew Captain John Smith when he was in Plymouth, said Captain Standish. Perhaps he remembers thee. Everyone in the crowd turned to the man with the braid. Oh no, thought Jack. He knew Squanto wouldn't remember them. These children say they sailed with Captain John Smith, Governor Bradford said to Squanto. Does thou remember two wee babes named Jack and Annie? Squanto moved closer to Jack and Annie. He looked carefully at their faces. Jack held his breath. His heart pounded. Squanto turned to the governor. Yes, he said quietly. I remember. Chapter four, we fish. Annie grinned. Good day, Squanto, she said. Good day, Annie, said Squanto. He smiled at her and Jack. Jack was too surprised to speak. Why did Squanto say he remembers us, he wondered. Is he mistaking us for two other kids? Captain Stanish looked surprised too, but Governor Bradford smiled warmly. Tis a wonder, he said. We welcome all the small folk sent to us. Children are a gift from God, no matter where they come from. That's a nice way of looking at things, Jack thought. Just then, 
A boy ran up. Chief Massasoit is here with 90 men, he shouted. The boy pointed to a long line of men walking down a path near a cornfield. Chief Massasoit walked ahead of the others. His face was painted red. He wore a fur robe and white beads. Governor Bradford, Captain Standish, and Squatto went to meet the visitors. Mercy, a pilgrim woman whispered. All the pilgrims looked worried. Art thou afraid? Annie asked. Oh no, said Priscilla. We invited Chief Massasoit and his men to our harvest feast, but we did not expect so many. We have not prepared enough food. Governor Bradford and Squanto spoke to the chief. Then Squanto led a number of men into the woods, and the governor walked back to the pilgrims. The Wampanoag men will hunt more deer, he said, but we must also bring more food to the table. Priscilla, please tell the young folk what they must do. The grown-ups went back to the village as the pilgrim kids gathered around Priscilla. She told some to carry water or set up tables. She told others to gather vegetables or hunt small animals. Once the kids were given their jobs, they rushed off to do them. Finally, only Jack, Annie, and a small girl holding a big basket were left. Jack, would thou like to go fowling with the boys? Priscilla asked him. She pointed to a group of boys who had just headed off with the dog. Jack stared at her in panic. What does she mean? He wondered. What's fowling? Annie asked. Thou does not know, said the little girl. Tis hunting water birds, of course. Jack doesn't know how to do that, said Annie. Tis true. How does thou eat and live? The little girl asked curiously. We, uh, Jack froze. We catch fish, said Annie. We do, thought Jack. Ah, good said Priscilla. Then I bid thee bring back as many eels and clams as thou can. We have near 150 mouths to feed. Priscilla took the basket from the small girl and gave it to Annie. We will see thee later, Priscilla said, waving. Mary and I must go help with the cooking. Um, said Jack. But before he could ask any questions, Priscilla and the little girl started back to the village. Chapter 5, Eels and Clams. Jack looked at Annie. We can't stay here, he said. What? She said. We can't go home now. The pilgrims need us to help them. But we don't know how to do anything, Jack said. And Squanto is going to figure out he doesn't really know us. And don't worry so much, said Annie. We help mom and dad make our Thanksgiving dinner every year, don't we? We can help the pilgrims, but we'd better hurry. Clutching the big basket, she started running toward the bay. Jack sighed, then ran after her. At the rocky shore, they stopped and looked around. Little waves rolled onto the short stretch of sand. The salty air felt clean and fresh. Seagulls swooped over the water. I wonder where the eels are, said Annie, and the clams. I'll look in the book, said Jack. He pulled out their book and looked up eels in the index. He turned to the right page and read aloud. Squanto showed the pilgrims a way to catch eels. He showed them how to push the eels out of the wet sand with their bare feet, then grab them with their hands. That sounds fun, said Annie. She put down her basket and pulled off her shoes and stockings. She held up her long skirt with one hand. Then she walked over to the rocks to the edge of the water. Jack put the research book into his bag. He pulled off his shoes and stockings and joined Annie. They dug their bare feet into the wet sand. I don't feel anything, said Jack. Let's wade into the water, said Annie. Together, they stepped forward. Brrr, said Annie. No kidding, said Jack with a shiver. He kept squishing the muddy sand with his toes. He felt pebbles and shells. 
Then he felt something soft. Hey, I think I found one, he said. Annie splashed over to him. Where? Stand back, he said. Here. Jack squished harder with his feet. The soft thing moved. Jack squished more. An eel slithered through the water. Jack grabbed it with both hands. Ah, he yelled. The eel was long and skinny like a snake. It felt slimy and icky. It twisted and squirmed. Annie laughed as Jack tried to hold on to it. The eel wiggled out of Jack's hands and fell against Annie. Yikes, she yelled, jumping away and bumping into Jack. With more screams, they both tumbled into the cold water. They scrambled up and splashed back to shore. Annie was still laughing. Poor eel, she said, trying to catch her breath. We scared him half to death. Him, said Jack. Forget eels, said Annie, her, her teeth chattering. What about clams? Jack was wet and cold, but he took out the book again and looked up clams. He turned to the right page and read aloud. Squanto taught the pilgrims how to dig for quahog clams. Quahog clams are hard shell clams. They can live for 60 years or more. The oldest have been known to live for almost 100 years. They, oh, forget it, Annie broke in. What, said Jack? We can't catch them, she said. They live to be so old. We can't just end their lives. Jack sighed. He sat down on a rock. Annie sat next to him. Their clothes were soaking wet. Their feet were caked with muddy sand. Their basket was empty. What other things do pilgrim kids do to help, said Annie. Jack opened the book again. He looked up pilgrim children. He read aloud, pilgrim children worked very hard. They built fences and cared for animals. They planted, harvested, and ground corn. They picked pumpkins, peas, and beans. They guarded the fields. They fished and hunted. They carried water. They collected nuts. They cooked and cleaned. They did everything they were told. They never complained about being tired. Oh, man, I feel tired just reading this, said Jack, closing the book. We make lousy pilgrim children. Yeah, I know, said Annie. Maybe we could do something like, like keep an eye on the turkey and tell them when it's ready. That's how I help mom every year. Annie, Thanksgiving in Frog Creek is a whole different story from Thanksgiving with the pilgrims, said Jack. Annie, Jack, a voice called. Jack quickly put away their book. Then they turned around. Priscilla was standing on a rock. She held a pumpkin and carried a basket filled with yellow squash and red corn. I was looking for you, she said.